This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of Gen Z Money. This week on the podcast, I have Glenn James from My Millennial Money joining me to talk about the FIRE movement as well as the loot movement. Now, you may have heard of FIRE, financial independence, retire early. That's a concept that's been kind of taking the financial world by storm over the last few years. But what I really want to hear about in this episode is loot, which is life on your own terms. Glenn discusses this in his new book, and I think it's a really great accessible strategy for everyone who wants to achieve financial success while enjoying life along the way. So I really enjoyed this discussion and I hope that you do too. Hey Glenn, thank you so much for joining us back on the podcast. Hey Zaria, I love talking on your show. Have a lot of fun, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, me too. How's things over at My Millennial Money? It's actually been really fun. Uh, you know, our Tuesday show, we do the Q&A and then Thursday we kind of do deep dive or My Millennial Story and I've been learning lots from lots of different people. So yeah, it's just been amazing and you know, the Facebook group is continuing to grow and really good conversation in there. So yeah, I'm having a ball. Yeah, definitely. I find that I learn every day uh, new things from that Facebook group. So huge, huge fan of your work. Yeah, thank you. It's just, it's funny. It's like people message um, Instagram and say, oh, Glenn, you know, what do I do? What do I do about this? And number one, I can't give you personal advice over Instagram. And number two, I don't know about a complex tax issue to do with you know, buying shares and selling them, you know, in Southern Europe or something weird like that. <laughs> but I say to people, hey, go and jump in the Facebook group. Someone in there will know. So, it's mm-hmm. really kind of this cool community slash crowd uh, knowledge bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of knowledge from the My Millennial Money community, uh, you've yourself had some pretty exciting news, which is the release of your book this week. Yeah. So, sort your money out and get invested. It's uh, it's a labor of love and it was a big job and it's actually, it is the biggest thing I've ever done, the biggest project ever. And yeah, it's sold out at Amazon and Booktopia, but they've stocked up again now. And awesome. yeah, I just threw everything at it and people will get so much value out of it. Like, yep. I guarantee it. Definitely, definitely. So, I've started reading so far, loving it. I'm very, very proud. And Thank you. Congratulations again for, for getting that work out. I know that you worked very hard on that, especially uh, out there in New Zealand, which was really cool. Yeah, it wasn't a holiday. Everyone's like, how was your holiday from New Zealand? I was like, <laughs> my head was in a computer for 10 to 12 hours a day and yeah. more after dinner and that. So, Yeah, amazing. Well, one thing I noticed was pretty early in the book, you started talking about something called loot. Now, I thought we'll get into what that is in a second um, because you did draw comparisons between that and the fire movement. Now, there might be people listening who haven't heard of fire in the first place. Um, So, I was thinking maybe we could get into that to start with. Um, So, for a lot of us in the personal finance world, we're very familiar with fire. It's been around for a while. Could you explain to us a little bit about what fire means and maybe where it came from? Yeah. So, fire came out of the United States and the acronym is Financial Independence Retire Early. And that's amazing, right? Like, Everybody wants to retire early. Everybody mm-hmm. wants financial independence. Uh, there are 
groups of people that associate with fire and it's a really good thing. And the premise of fire was to invest enough of your money into growth assets that one day before your quote unquote normal retirement age for that money to be big enough to then produce an income to meet your living expenses. So you are completely uh, not dependent on employment income to survive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which is amazing. Like how good would that be to, to do that, to have a, yeah. a, a big pile of cash there spitting out, you know, thousand dollars a week, you know, to mm-hmm. live on without having to do anything and you can literally retire early. Uh, so, yeah, it, it did come out of the United States and it really took off and lots of different people from lots of different walks of life really have adapted that model and found themselves in in different Facebook groups and communities online. So, it's really good. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the, I guess, the goal of um, getting to FIRE is, you know, having really high savings rates, getting invested mainly in index funds from what I've seen. And uh, I think a lot of people are aiming for 30 times their annual expenses or even roughly around a million dollars and planning to take out 4% of that each year. And I think... um, I know you, you will be familiar as well, Glenn, with Mr. Money Moustache. I think yep. he was kind of one of the people that were really pushing that movement. Yeah. But I guess my question for you is, I, I know that you've always respected the FIRE movement, but you've felt that maybe it doesn't quite work for you. Um, what part of FIRE wasn't really working for you and why did you think to maybe look at another strategy? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm I'm as much in the FIRE movement as the next person. Like, I've got nothing against the FIRE movement uh, I don't enjoy the the dogma that comes along with it uh, in some of the dark corners of the fire movement. But I mean, for me, this whole premise, uh, and particularly for me, I've met a lot of hardcore fire people in the US. I think mm. the fire culture is a little bit different here in Australia uh, because home prices and accommodation costs in the US are much cheaper. Like mm. it's easy to buy a house for 80 grand in the States yeah. and live happily ever after. Like it's it's actually easy and it's really hard to do that here, almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So for me, the chats that I started to have over the years with people in the fire movement was, well, for those who are working so hard to amass wealth to then one day stop working, they would say, well, no, then I'm going to do my passion project and then I'm going to do this. So, I'm not all about the retire early. I'm just about the financial independence. Mm. It, I would always say, well, why don't you just do what you like now <laughs> and have a life just on your own terms? And they say, well, that's what fire is. I'm like, well, a lot of people that I've met in the fire community are still focused on the nine to five to amass wealth. Not everyone. Uh, And I think it's good. Like whatever your goal is, we know that the data says if you've got a goal, you've got more of a chance to achieve it, whether it's, you know, running, diet, health, money. Like so it's awesome that you plugged in and dialed in. And then in the fire world where they're like, well, no, if someone wants to spend more money on this, that's considered fat fire. And if they want to be a really big tight ass, that's lean fire. And there's all these different things and I'm actually a bit over it. Um, and it, all these talks that I had with the fire people, it was so circular. It was it was coming back to that. No, it's just, it's not about the retire early thing. It's the option to and all that. I'm like, well, fire has got to ditch the RE. And I think it's just an acronym 
that just stuck because working class, if you're in your 40s or 50s and you've been doing what you hate for so long, you do want to retire. You do want to get away from the rat race and all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. my premise is, number one, for the average person with family, with kids, with rent and mortgage costs in Australia, it's actually mathematically very hard to amass enough capital to then sit back and draw down on. Like it's almost not possible. Not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's a very hard challenge. And certainly like if you're a family, you know, earning, living off 60 grand a year, like the numbers you were talking about to live off 40 grand a year, like you're going to need so much capital. And Mm. I struggle with the math side of it to think, is that actually practical and achievable? So my premise was, well, why don't you just reassess everything and start living life on your own terms today? Mm. Yeah, well, that was one thing for me uh, when I found out about the FIRE movement. I loved what it stood for and I loved the end goal, but I was thinking, you know, I'm I'm Gen Z. I'm only, what, 20 at the time that I found out about it. I'm like, I do want to enjoy my life now and I don't want to be trying to save every single dollar because um, and and sacrifice everything now so that I can enjoy my life in 10, 15 years. I want to be able to kind of find that balance. So it sounds like the kind of the strategy that you come up with, which is loot, it does just that. Yeah, because I just like... I've told people for the last, gosh, what am I? I'm old now. I'm 37. So, for the last 12 (laughs) years, I've told people that I retired from the workforce at age 25 when I started my own business. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got the wheels in motion to really start living life on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this stuff, like I do speak about mindset in the book. Like there's a whole chapter on mindset it's actually unplugging from the cultural norms, the cultural mindset to say that, well, you do have to follow this bouncing ball, you know, leave school, go to university, get a good paying job, buy a house, contribute a super, rinse and repeat, and then Mm -hmm. die. Like I was just categorically against these social norms of, you know, do this, do this. When for me, it got philosophical. So we know in maths and in money, to get the percentage return of something, we divide the dollar fee by the dollar amount, which gives us the percentage return, okay? So, with our time, if we're, if we're living, right, on earth, and let's, we'll do a live example now. If we're living on earth for 80 years, okay, or we'll do 85 average life expectancy, mm-hmm. over a 300-year period of time, all right, 85 divided by 300 is about 28%. So, we know, and this is, go with me, Azaria, (laughs) going to blow your mind in a second. So, over a 300-year window of time on Earth, and we live for 85 years, out of that window, we're on Earth for 28% of that time, right? Mm -hmm. So, for me, if time doesn't exist right? What is the percentage of 85 divided by infinity? It doesn't compute and it's basically nothing. Yeah. So, if I'm a speck of dust floating around the universe, earth, and I'm living on that speck of dust, 
what does it freaking matter if I go, I don't want to do the nine to five. Mm. I want to live life on my own terms. Like, and for me, it was a really big step back and have a look and get deep philosophical thoughts like, hang on, I'm alive for over the course of time in the universe, I don't even exist. Mm -hmm. So, why am I worrying about freaking working nine to five (laughs) to build a million dollars so I can stop working 20 years earlier to live off 40 grand a year? Who cares? Uh, So, I mean- that's pretty wild uh, thinking. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I always think about that. Like we're, we're here for a, a fleeting second, not even a second, a millisecond. Mm. And, and it could be over at any minute. So mm. why not? Yeah, why not so do why what we put up do with and be smart about it? And why put up with crap? Mm. And I, I, another thing that you mentioned in the in the chapter that you were talking about, Lute, um, Life on own, t- own Terms, you were talking about like, what is the Australian dream? Who decided that was the dream and why do we all have to follow that? Yeah, so that was also a derivative of the American dream. Like, buy mm-hmm. a house, pick a fence, you know, family, rinse and repeat, and you're dead. I mean, wh- why should we conform to the mindset of a generation that's passed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think millennials and Gen Z as well, I mean, you're seeing it happen now. We're kind of rejecting... Uh, those ideas more and more people are, you know, uh, less hungry to follow the typical capitalist way of living and people, yeah, people are thinking, oh, actually, I don't need to to do what my grandparents did or my parents did. There are other ways to make money and be financially smart, but maybe not follow the same path that everyone else is following. Yeah. And it's almost unplugging from uh, the consumerism world as well, which is good for your money anyway, right? And yeah. Usually when you are achieving that fire status, you you might go to the tiny house. You might do this. And, and this is the wild thing. Every time I open my trap and talk about fire and challenge some of the dogma, I get all these bloody comments. So I'm not saying I don't like fire. I'm not saying that. I'm just challenging you if you're putting up with what you don't like just to shovel money in a pile to later draw down on it, then to do your passion project. Why yeah. don't we reassess, if possible, to see if we can bring the passion project forward, to see if we can actually follow our dreams, to see if we can actually take some stress out of our life, and to see if we can give this thing called life a good shake, but on mm-hmm. our terms. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's it's the best time to do that is when you're young, like the best time is now. It's only going to get harder as you get older, so give it a go. And that's it. And I, um, I've interviewed people and I might get her back on the podcast, her and her husband, like before they were 30, like that they pretty much achieved fire or whatever before age 40, piled mm-hmm. up all this cash. She does her own little writing books and does all that, not really for the money. Her husband legitimately holidays and retires and just does what he wants and does a bit of volunteer work, which is so good. They've done that, but, you know, they had incomes of over three, 400 grand for the first 10 years of their life and, and they just shoveled money. So, they were a textbook case of fire where retire early, I literally ski, fish, go to the lake, I do some volunteer work and I do this yeah. stuff. That's awesome. But for most of us, after about three months of fishing and skiing and all that, we, we lack this thing called purpose mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. of us. Uh, and that's why once people go, oh, well, I'm going to retire now and I've achieved fire, 
now I'm going to start my little side hustle. Start it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember, um, I think it was maybe even last year or early this year, you and I, we went out for dinner uh, on in Brisbane along the Brown Snake, as I taught you it's Love called. It. <laughs> that was such a fun night. It was. It was very fun. And that was the first time we played the- um, Meaningful money, money cards. Meaningful money cards. Yeah. And I remember specifically one of the questions that um, I asked you, I think it was, if you could receive your income and do whatever you want on a daily basis, what would you be doing? And you said, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing now. Mm. And I was like, oh, isn't that, that is the dream. Like that is the ultimate goal that we should be working towards is to just love what you do every day. Yeah. And for me, I think- living life on your own terms, for me, it was defining what I really think success is. And for those listening right now, I want you to define three things that is success for you. And this is how dumb mine are, right? The first one is I don't ever want to have to set an alarm of the morning. Mm-hmm. I want to go out for dinner with friends and be able to step up and shout and pay for the whole table without it being a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, really being generous with my money, really. uh, And then also actually not having Monday-itis and hating my life. Like, they were my three (laughs) things. And so, it's all up from here. Yeah, I had to put Mm -hmm. the hard work in 10 years ago, 15 years ago to get to this and I had to take the risks. And I think it's easier to really live loot and to really achieve that Uh, life on your own terms, when you do have your money in order, when you're not um, carrying chains with bags of debt behind, when you have a lean and agile budget. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done all this without, you know, living off afterpay and zip pay. And I've done all this without living off credit and chasing points. It's really about being intentional, being clear on what your definition of success is. And for mm. me, the definition of success, it wasn't a dollar figure. Um, yeah. Actually, Azara, you, you'll find this interesting. When I left my last, uh, my employment before I started my own business, my boss uh, at the time, he said, as I was walking out, he said two things, Glenn. He goes, number one, look after people. Number two, <laughs> don't chase the dollars. Mm. Interesting and, advice. Yeah. So, how about that? And, and I kind of still, you know, in the business here, you know, we kind of put people before profit and we're not desperate and chasing the dollars. And mm-hmm. it's it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for yourself, Glenn, you don't, you describe yourself as a spender who sometimes feels spendy and wants to spend on things. So I guess, I'm, am I right in assuming that if you want to achieve that life on your own terms, it's not necessarily about penny pinching and uh, setting those numbers. It's it's more more fluid. Yeah. And, but that does also tie into your own kind of money personality. Like mm-hmm. you can absolutely live life on your own terms and be a frugal person. I would just say, please, for the love of all goodness, be generous. Look at ways that you can live a generous life. Mm-hmm. And that's a combination of money, your time, donating blood, giving a smile. Like you've got to take the focus off you and look after other people. The more people you look after, the better you will do. It's this weird law, right? And Yeah, I remember there was a quote. I think we were talking about this one time because I was talking about the way I do that now while I can is just uh, donating $5 a month to four different charities each 
each yeah. month uh, and then just increasing that as I go. And I think you said something like uh, in some weird way when you give money, it will always come back to you. It's never money wasted and you'll never you'll never suffer from giving essentially. Yeah, you'll never be worse off by being generous and mm. you can't give anything away because it always comes back. Mm. And it's it's hard to get to there. But if you do want to start to be a generous person, look for a charity. Start with $5 because, mm-hmm. again, the generosity isn't about the dollar amount. It's about the heart behind it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, the more money you get, the money just magnifies who you are. You know, mm. you've all heard of rich people who are arrogant assholes. <laughs> Guess what? They were an arrogant asshole before they were rich. And you've all heard of these... <laughs> rich people that are so generous and philanthropic, guess what? They had a generous heart and started giving $5 a month away. Like mm-hmm. people don't change for the most part. <laughs> like, yeah. We know, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, we, we kind of do and we all grow and adapt and are open to change. But, yeah, I, on the most part, you know, you put some serious money behind you tomorrow, you don't change. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. definitely agree. So, for those that are listening that are uh, early on in their journey, maybe they're 18, 20, 24, um, what are some things that they can do now to start steering themselves towards having that life on their own terms? Do everything counterintuitive to what society tells you to do. (laughs) So, sure, I should like shave my head. Absolutely. Run naked through the forest. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I mean, you're you're going to get a response. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. That is true. Like every action that you do will have a different response. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every action will have a response. Is that response going to be good or bad? Well, we know if you shave your head and run nude through the park, maybe not a good response, (laughs) but you've got action. Yeah. Who knows? You might get spotted and thrown on TV and, you know, I don't know. Like, so take action, be counterintuitive to society. There was mm. someone who called in the My Millennial Money podcast the other day, called by, say, she sent an audio thing in. She said, oh, I've got a car worth 30 grand. I want to buy a house. I've paid the debt off. I'm really good with money. What should I do? I want to sell the car. I'm like, sell the car. Mm. I said, you just need some permission and some people in your corner and people in her life. She actually let us know what happened. She told her friends that she was going to sell her car and they said she was crazy for doing it. Mm. But it's like, no, no, that's society telling you. So the group think for society is on balance, not great. Mm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Particularly when it comes to our money. Uh, so, yeah, everything counterintuitive to society. If you're still at school, you're allowed to leave school and go and pour beers or make coffee for two years and just vibe it out. Just keep out of consumer debt. Have a plan. Yeah. You know, and the plan might be I'm doing nothing for 12 months other than working and earning money and living and trying to see what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I know someone who's a, a twenty late 20 doctor and she was the smartest in her grade, went to medical school, doctor. Guess what? Hates being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Wasted 10 years of her life. And it's just sad. So- counterintuitive. Just because you're really smart doesn't mean you have to run to uni tomorrow. Unless you want to, that's all good. Uh, And then I'll just say with your money, start to just work on the habits and the behaviours. Don't worry about the amounts uh, Mm -hmm. because you need to get those habits and behaviours happening. 
you need to get a system in place and you need to keep your budget lean as possible. And that means no long-term lock-in crap, um, Mm. no debt, because if you get an opportunity, you can adapt and pivot and move. And it's harder to adapt and pivot and move if you got car loans, if you got a $50 fortnight payment because it was just so convenient to pay over four and, you know, all that stuff. Like you do have to be a startup business, lean and agile. Treat yourself like a startup company. Yeah. And I think it's a really good point that you mentioned. It's about the behaviors, not necessarily the numbers. Because I know for myself, when I finished school and went to university, there were years that I earned more. And then the next next year, I'd earn half that amount. And, it, you know, my net worth wasn't necessarily going up in that time. It was fluctuating a lot with what I was doing at that time, which was doing a lot of travel, uh, studying, working. But it was at the end of the day, it was the habit of saving and checking in. And am I on the right track? Am I every day doing something that's pushing me closer to the life that I want to live. That's ultimately what's going to get you there faster. Yeah. And the cool thing is everyone listening right now, you guys are already ahead of the curve because you are dialed into your money. Totally. And I'll just keep encouraging you, keep dialed in, uh, do something with a friend, get a savings target with a friend or a percentage target that we're both going to save X amount and don't do it alone, be in community And you'll just be so surprised if you just get invested into your goals, into your direction and keep out of debt. That's like my number one message for anyone under 25. Yeah, 100% agreed. And yeah, I couldn't encourage people more to, as you said, focus on like, what is your, what does your dream life look like? Are you following the goals of your parents or your grandparents or what society tells you? Because I hear there's this feature in in your book from this cool chick called Azaria. There Um, is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she wrote some some comments in there and um, yeah, she's great. She's so awesome. I want to meet her one day. (laughs) And that was all about rejecting the uh, expectation that success is buying a house. That's not what success looks like for me. It could be what success looks like for others, but it's not my personal definition. So it's all about defining it for yourself. How's this? You said expectations. I was thinking the other day, like my life now, just to avoid any disappointment, my expectations on everything, I've just lulled them, just lowered my <laughs> expectations every single level, mm-hmm. um, just drop down. Because if you've got low expectation, it's, you know, it could be the smallest thing and it's the biggest win in the world. Mm-hmm. Like more grateful. Got, okay, I went to Woolworths today. I've got low expectations because every time I pick up one of those trolleys that are like the not the full deep ones, but like the yeah, the half. I half seriously half every time it's like two of the wheels got flat spots and it's like blah 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 blah. blah. So I just go in. It's like, yep, this is gonna suck. The trolley's bad. Who cares? If I get a good trolley, amazing, the best experience. <laughs> So just lower your expectations on everything and everyone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that will bring great joy to your life. <laughs> Love it. Great wisdom there, Glenn. Thank you. Um, so in your book, obviously, as we've discussed, you talk a bit about loot, life on your own terms, but you talk about much more than that. So could you tell us what to expect when we pick up a copy of your book? Yeah, so expect the unexpected. Um, mm. Mm wise, right? Mm, we've already word. got an insight into some of the philosophy going yeah. on there. So, yeah. So, we started, if you still are in debt and trying to clean up from uh, the U of yesterday, uh, I'll show you how to get 
dialed in and clean up your debt. Uh, spend a lot of time with mindset because again, we get our mindset right, the rest will take care of itself. Uh, we talk about the sound financial house and what to do in what order. I'm not prescriptive by saying, hey, use this super fund or you know, open this bank account. I want to just show you the structure that you need to aim towards and you can kind of do your own thing in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk, um, there's two investment chapters in shares and they're big chapters. The first one is all the theory. Second chapter is all the practical. So I'll give you live examples. I'll show you um, different funds. I compare different funds, how they've reacted. Uh, it really is just an educational thing. It's very practical. Uh, there's a chapter that a lot of you will actually find really helpful. Uh, it's about property and mortgages. So it will help you buy your first home to live in or your first investment property if you want one of them too. We cover the uh, mortgage structures, mortgage styles. There's a bit in there that you can show your parents about parental guarantee. If that's of interest, we talk about HEX. I just thought of that as well. Uh, then we talk about superannuation and I do some case studies on different super funds and show you how to research your own fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cover insurances and all that boring stuff. Uh, but it is, it's such a big, thick book. Um, mm. She's mm-hmm. thick. It's a um, thick boy. Yeah. <laughs> thick. That's awesome. Well, it's sounds like it ticks all the boxes that I guess every, every young person needs to know that information going forward. Um, so for those who do want to get that knowledge, where can we find the book? Well, as they say, Azaria, wherever good books are sold. Absolutely. Um, but we'll we'll see if the magical producers of your show can put a link in your show notes mm-hmm. and Sounds maybe good. people can click across. Perfect. And they can also buy in store, can't they? They can. Yep. It's in Dimix QD. QBD, I think it is, mm-hmm. um, Big W and Tajay, all the places, all of them. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Glenn, thank you as always so much for joining us on the show. I always really appreciate your insights. Very much appreciated. Anytime. And it was worth exactly what you pay for it. I'll see you soon. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.